Okay, I believe we are live, and hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight, as always, is Shaleen. Howdy, howdy. Now, uh, I kind of want to putz around till I figure out if we have sound or not. I'm pretty sure we're live. Are we live? Do you know? We are live. I can see it on my iPad. I have the sound turned down, so. That's fine. Hopefully we have sound. We will be told if uh, it is otherwise. So anyway, let's go ahead and get our night started with our sponsors. Tonight we are sponsored by tweakedaudio.com. If you are in the market for headphones and or earbuds, because yours are broken, or you just want really good sounding uh, uh, audio in your ears at all times, head to tweakedaudio.com because you can pick out the perfect pair of headphones or earbuds to suit your style and taste. Once you do and you get to check out, enter our code off the record, which is all one word, to receive 30% off and free shipping worldwide. Again, that's tweakedaudio.com. Our code off the record, which is all one word, to receive 30% off and free shipping worldwide on your new pair of headphones. We are also sponsored by Audible.com, your number one source for all things audiobooks. And uh, tonight, oh, right, yeah, so if you head to audibletrial.com slash Network and sign up for the free 30-day trial, you'll get one free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Shaleen recommends... Weathering Heights by Emily Bronte. Can't go wrong with the classic. There you go. And you can get that book for free by going to audibletrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network and signing up for their free 30-day trial. And yeah, we're also, you can become a patron patron of our show by going to patreon.com and signing up for one of the rewards there. You can also head to the Amazon link on our website as well as... What is our website? Oh, right. Yeah. QuestGamingNetwork.com. Sorry. I thought that was a given. Uh, I don't think we've been affected by that wonderful DDoS attack that happened today. Uh, also, you can head to... No, non-financially, that was the other way that you can help us out, which is probably my favorite way, because that means you're interacting with us online. Share our posts, share our videos, like, subscribe, and retweet. Uh, email us to have a conversation with us, and yeah, we will email back most of the time, or respond to you if you're nice. Anyway... Tonight, we have news, gameplay, we have our lore, which is part 8 of the Unusual Suspect series we started way back when. Tonight, actually, we're doing, we're going to be talking about Curie, we're going to be talking about McCready, Strong, and I'm forgetting the fourth one. Kate. Kate. I knew it started with a C. So yeah, you can look forward to that as the night goes on. And uh, then we have one listener email, so yeah. Why don't we go ahead and take it away with the news? Okay, they say I am very echoey. I don't know if you want to fix that or just go with it. I don't even know how I could fix it. Okay, then we're going to go with it. Sorry for the echoes, guys. Uh, well, let's talk about some news. Um, I'm not sure how long it will last, but there is a massive sale on Bethesda games right now including, of course, the Fallout series, on all of the digital platforms. 
Steam, good old games, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live. You can get Fallout 4 for, I think, 50% off. Wow. And their season pass is on sale. The individual DLCs are on sale. So if there is any piece of Fallout 4 which you are missing, now is the time to act. Awesome. Did not realize that there was a sale going on. Yeah, everything, everywhere it's on sale. Very good. Oh, I knew it. Well, cool. <laughs> Speaking of sales, this week is the uh, the Great War anniversary. <laughs> Pre-anniversary, I oh, guess. My, yeah, I don't it know. Is. <laughs> the week of the Great War. And so Bethesda is honoring this by having a sale at the Bethesda store. 20% off through Halloween Day. And this year's Great War t-shirt is the Power Armor Enlist poster. You know, with the handsome guy standing in front of the flag and Power Armor. We want you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And they're going to be introducing new Fallout gear every day between October 24th through October 28th. Awesome. I didn't realize that it was the uh, anniversary. Yeah. Um... We should have done something, but... Well, we are. We're live streaming. (laughs) And I had another sort of funny news item. Uh, This is sort of the the zany Kotaku news of the the day. What do you got? Reddit user Hero Creations 3D printed an entire suit of T60 Brotherhood power armor. And it looks amazing. This is one of the best Power Armor cosplays I've seen. It's so good. It took him 140 days to get it all printed out and painted and assembled. Oh, my gosh. Um, And uh, there's pictures of him wearing it. It's fantastic. Quite cool. That's awesome. Has it painted up Brotherhood style. It's very good. Awesome. Yeah, I think I did see that. He's, like, walking around in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. I did see that. Very cool indeed. I did not realize it was 3D printed, actually. Yeah, it took him 140 days to, to 3D print that. It took a long time. That must be a big 3D printer. I would think so. I think he had to do it multiple pieces at a ah, time. Gotcha. So, that brings us to our big news item of the week. And we're going to talk about Nintendo. And that's not something that we do very often on Fallout Off the Record. Well, in this case, it is relevant. Or is Absolutely. it? Maybe. Mm. We don't know. Um, Nintendo's long-awaited new console, which had been codenamed BNX, was officially revealed yesterday. Yeah. Which... Oh, okay. What? Um, I'm looking at the chat room here. They're actually having a vote um, on what they're... Whether um, we should try and fix my voice. What? <laughs> Are we getting like a coup? I don't know. Vendertron says, okay, guys, let's vote on Shaleen's mic. One, for keeping it the way it is from now on. Or two, for changing it back to non-institute Shaleen voice. The, but I, there, there's nothing I can do. Well, I don't think Cast there's anything your I votes can do. now. We have all votes for uh, for keeping it like this. What is shaking? Oh, no. Apparently apparently I have dramatic reverb, so. Uh, And apparently I'm about to fight a death claw that I'm running away from. Ooh. No, I'm running away. With a BB gun. A BB gun. There's no BB guns in this one. No, there's not. It's very sad. 
Oh, by the way, guys, uh, it's cold season for us here in the East Coast. Uh, I have the sniffle. Um, I'm trying to keep it down to a minimum, so sorry. I know, mm-hmm. Sudafed. I've read your comments. Yeah. We've gotten gotten multiple uh, bad iTunes reviews due to due to your uh, my sniffles, trying sinus to, problems. Trying not to sniffle. <laughs> so anyway, that's okay. I think that you should just sniffle if you need to, Rick, because <laughs> just like that through the whole show. No, um, <laughs> I, I joke. I kid. I kid. I joke. Uh, yeah. So the Nintendo. What the frick? How did he mm. just... Whatever. That's odd. Anyway. Anyway, rescue Preston. I wonder if... And we'll get back I... to it. We're talking about Nintendo. I can't rescue him. I don't have the option to. Ah! That's really weird. Was that like an invisible rule for a minute? I have no... What? I'm thinking they are. That was strange. Yeah, well, they're Anyways. making that clicking sound. While Rick battles invisible ghouls and a cold in the presence of uh, of his dying friend Preston Garvey, we're going to go back to Nintendo. Yes. Nintendo's new console will be called the Nintendo Switch, and it features a tablet that you can dock and play games traditionally on your TV, or you can attach the modular controller t- to the sides and take your games with you on the go. It uses cartridges instead of discs, and there are several possible configurations for the modular controller. You can hook them together. You can hook them together to an ergonomic, traditionally shaped controller thingy. You can hook them to the sides of the tablets. You can take just one and turn it sideways and uh, use it like that. But most interesting and relevant for us, the 3.5-minute reveal trailer featured a significant amount of Skyrim gameplay. Shortly after the reveal, Bethesda's official Twitter account posted, thrilled to be a publishing partner for Nintendo Switch. Right. The platform presents exciting opportunities for our studios and fans. Hey, I want to do a quick thing real quick. Um, I think what's happening is I have a mod on that's that makes PCs vulnerable, NPCs vulnerable. Should I try to see if it works? <laughs> Oh, Rick, you're a monster! I'm just curious! He's brandishing an axe at Preston Garvey! I walked away, I walked away. Look, I I would like to say uh, that we've got Leonard the Overachiever in the chat room, and he says, I said this would happen! Rick's companions always die! That's, I, you know, I thought I turned it off, but I'm really confused on why he doesn't get up. Joseph Tao and Zerok both vote do it. Well, no. Vinderchan says, "Make gravy out of him, Rick." No, do you see now? Like, then why do you guys have such a problem with the whole "think I'm evil" thing? Do it, do it, do it. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, anyway. by the way, hello to everyone in the chat room. Yes, hello. Got a, got a really good turnout. Some lively folks. <laughs> well, it's better than the alternative. Indeed. Uh, we would rather have lively folks than deadly folks. What the? What, where are they coming from? Oh. Oh, shoot. Stimpak, Stimpak. <laughs> oh, boy. Jet. Sorry. Um, but over 12% of this trailer was Skyrim gameplay. But, yes. however, Kotaku, Game Informer, and several other games media outlets later reported that Skyrim is not actually confirmed for the Switch. 
While we are not confirming any specific titles at this time, we are pleased to announce our partnership with Nintendo and support of the Switch, quoted Bethesda. So, it's in the trailer, you know, the Skyrim, <laughs> lots of Skyrim in the trailer. So it makes sense that Skyrim would appear on there, that they're working on it. But the Wii U reveal included at least three games that never released on the Wii U, including Metro Last Light. And uh, some of those games were, uh, they were showing footage of the Xbox 360 and PlayStation versions of the game. (laughs) I remember that. Um, Oh, right, I leveled up. Uh, So I, I do hope we see some fallout on this thing eventually. But that would drastically affect my my productivity, my life productivity, if I could take Fallout with me anywhere. Oh yeah, I think that's I think that's most of us would feel that way. Um, I just I don't know. It feels a bit shady, unless that unless they are trying to work on it. You know, I don't know. Just I don't know. There's been just a rash of game companies showing footage for stuff that doesn't actually it's just not going to happen i mean ubisoft is known for doing that where they oh my gosh they downgrade things you know what i mean Mm-hmm. i do i just think that trend needs to not like i don't know it just i don't understand the logic behind it it i don't know it just causes problems later down the road just show your games as they actually work don't provide false hopes mm-hmm. and then take them away at the last moment like, you know, we're used to. I quite agree. And I like the Bethesda method of how they released Fallout 4. You know, they showed us when it was pretty much already done and then uh, then launched it right afterwards. And I think that's what I, I would love to see the entire industry turn towards that. None of this waiting a year, waiting two years, watching delay after delay after delay. Nice. I, I think it would be much better to have this short hype cycle. But I guess if they wanted to... Uh, I think Nintendo courted Bethesda for this because they really wanted to show gamers that they're all in, you know, for, for us. You know, for the hardcore gamer, the person who's interested in spending hundreds of hours immersed in a world and wanting to take it with us. That's what I think. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I mean, it feels like the they're trying to say they're up in the big leagues now. Um, but then, you know, they kind of pulled back with that, saying this technically isn't working on the NX at the moment, so we're not quite at the big leagues, but we just want to. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little annoyed at the whole situation. I just mm-hmm. wish, I don't know. I really hope we'll see some fallout on this thing. I, I didn't think I was going to buy the next Nintendo console, but after seeing that reveal trailer, I think I, I, think I am. I'm definitely interested. By the way, uh, I've got to say, whoever is doing Arby's marketing is an absolute freaking genius. Those people are on point. Uh, They did one today that uh, had two roast beef sandwiches next to a a Switch. (laughs) And they're like, beefy and portable, we dig it, or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, these guys are just, they are like, oh shoot. Whoever's doing that, absolutely brilliant. Dead. And did you kill yourself with your own mind? Um, I didn't get it out fast in time, uh, fast yeah. enough, and uh, it exploded in yeah. front of me because of the glowing 
glowing one. So, yeah. I technically did kill myself. Interesting. But anyway, yes, I just want to give a shout out to whoever's on that marketing team. Amazing <laughs> job. Amazing. Die. Die. These well, did you have anything else to say about the Switch or uh, Bethesda and Nintendo? No, just show us the stuff you have, not the stuff you want to do. Don't get our hopes mm -hmm. up. Sorry, I'm just watching agree. this ghoul tear Preston Garvey apart because I'm curious to see if it Poor Preston. He's just sitting there. Like, I think it's his depression, you know, because Preston's talked about his depression. We talked about that last week. Preston's depression. Yes. Why won't he get up? Oh, and he's I... he's just, he's down. He's having a, a bad time. There you go. Things are tough. Just see? One... See, Rick? I, I, what, what? I didn't do anything. No, you give him the stim pack and he's like, things are tough now, but they'll get better. So, you know, you helping him encouraged him it gave him hope and now he's ready to to get up and follow you anywhere well um well, great i wasn't i wasn't gonna hurt him everyone thought i was so everybody in the chat room is talking about the red dead redemption teaser uh do you want to derail the podcast and talk about that uh why not let's do it what did you think as a teaser trailer Mm -hmm. uh, I love westerns, and this has me all giddy. Yeah. Except open world never gets birds right. That bird that's flying through the one scene just looks like it's <laughs> kind of glitching around. I was like, well, you know. <laughs> Did you ever play, Rick, the first uh, Red Dead Redemption, the first? It's the second in the series, I guess. But the first one that anybody cared about. Did you ever play that? <laughs> no, actually. The only western game I ever played was Gun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I did not play Red Dead. Uh, here we go. I played Red Dead Redemption quite extensively. I played many hundreds of hours of happy, happy hours. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rockstar games. And uh, I'm very happy to get another, another Red Dead game. Very much looking forward to that. But I don't know. I feel like they hyped this teaser so much. That I expected a little something more than that. Like a, a uh, at least the character's face or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but they kept it all very mysterious and... Move! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got panicky. <laughs> I don't know. After the, the insanely good Nintendo trailer, I felt like the Red Dead trailer was a bit of a letdown for me. Um... Is he holding his own leg? No, it was just kind of perfectly laying yeah. there. Uh, you know, okay, I, I get that, that that was a little hyped. I mean, there's, we all know there's this trend flying around where they're having, like, release parties almost. Looks really strong. For um, trailers, which I still think is funny, because it's like, oh, the trailer's out, and they're <laughs> like, okay, what about the game? I don't know, I don't get the trailer trend. Kind of. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I do. So, I guess I was really kind of expecting... I I don't know. I don't usually get surprised or not surprised, so this was just kind of normal for me. What it did do was pique my interest enough for me to buy mm -hmm. this game when it comes out. Um, like I said, I love westerns. Uh, I never played Red Dead Redemption, but I heard it was really good. Yeah, it um, was. So maybe maybe I'll actually check this out. Um, 
I, I don't know anything about the game, so I have to do mm-hmm. some research into it. <clears throat> I've been in the yeah. mood for like space exploration stuff, like um, Star Citizen. So to have that, you know, idea of exploration, and then all of a sudden there's all these games coming out with that, and then there's mm-hmm. Red Dead. I, I I don't know where I'm going to invest at this point. Yeah, I. Uh... For me, Rockstar is like Bethesda. They're one of those developers that I'll just buy it. I don't need to see anything. I didn't even need that <laughs> teaser. They could have sent it in like a you know a, a plain black box. Like, hey, this is our new game. We promise you're gonna like it. I'd be like, sure, I'll, I'll sixty dollars. Here's my sixty dollars, Rockstar. Thank you very much. Let's take it home and find out what it is. <laughs> um, I, I trust Rockstar to, to do it right. Um, so I didn't need that. But I, uh, I, I do feel like maybe they shouldn't have announced that they were going to have a trailer or something, and I would have been less had less time to build up expectation. Gotcha. I don't know. Anyway, Red Dead or Red Dead, whatever Redemption Two, it's going to be great. It's going to be really good. <laughs> it's going to be the best. Well, it'll be the first one I ever play, so hopefully it's good. I'm sure it will be. I think it will be. Let's let's go back to Fallout mm-hmm. now. Oh right, yes, Fallout. That <laughs> this game. is a Fallout podcast. Uh, Rick, would you like to tell us, I know last week you were talking about you were planning to do a frost run uh, with the new frost mod. you want to tell us about that? It lasted about a half an hour and I died three or four times. It took a while for me to actually like read the directions on how to... <clears throat> it took me uh, a while to figure out how to actually get frost to work. But then I finally figured it out and I died a lot in that game. So what I did was, because I, I, I really liked the idea, one of the things that they had talked about, it, okay, um, what is, I, I'm confused, how did it get in there? Wow, I am not even, that was the death claw. <laughs> I knew the death claw was there, but I didn't think it could actually go inside the church. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, like I was saying, I finally got it figured out, how to operate it and that sort of thing. And uh, I tried it a few times, realized that you can't beat feral ghouls with a board. You have to shoot them or kill them or with explosives. I died a lot. It just kind of got frustrating. But one of the things that was attractive was the idea that settlements actually became somewhat like bases. They would get attacked more on the reg, uh, get attacked more on the uh, on the regular and, and you know, required actual defense. Um, that combined with the mod that made NPCs vulnerable, uh, companions that is, Mm-hmm. Not essential uh, NPCs, if you will. I uh, was really looking forward to having to defend myself on a larger level than normal. Holy crap, that was close. But it just was it was very difficult, and I think I'll give it a shot later. But what I ended up doing was creating a creating a survival character. Again, I know. I've created like 15 million of them. and i just you know i was focusing more on survival um survivability than damage so i put a lot of i've been putting perks into like medic life giver um increasing my damage threshold i forget what that perk specifically is but um the one toughness i think yeah I, i you know focusing on that sort of thing rather than damage and uh, it's been fun. I've been focusing on building up Sanctuary as a military base and not um, 
you know, going out and doing every single mission that Preston wants to give me. I have a few right. that I haven't done. But just putting walls in there. And I, I, I modded my Fallout in the... Oh, boy. What did I just do? Uh, oh, okay. I modded my Fallout in the idea in the uh, sense that I expanded the settlement so there's no more limit to how big the settlements can be. Oh, nice. Just so may I can... May I interrupt you for just a moment? Yes, you may. Virtual uh, solid, um, virtual, I don't know, virtual. He asks, is Urshi possibly, is the Frost mod PC only? It will be coming to Xbox One. Go ahead. Oh, will it? Uh-huh. I did not know that. I thought it had, uh, I thought it wasn't able to. Um, yeah, Frost is like, the, the problem I think with most people who play, oh, well, sorry, let me rephrase this. The problem I have with playing Frost is that I'm so used to Fallout in the sense of how I play normally, that when I get into Frost, I think that I can just do the same stuff. Turns out, that is not the case. Obviously, because I die so much faster. And the rules change. That's the hard part about it, is you're so used to killing a feral ghoul with a board, and you can't in Frost. It actually does like little to no damage to him. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, and people kill you so fast. Radiation kills you really f Like, you have to have a gas mask. The whole point of it is it takes place, like, right after the bombs fell, I believe. So there's radiation everywhere. You have to have a gas mask um, or else you, you die very quickly. I die very quickly. So, like I said, I gave up. Whatever. Um, the, the new guy that I created, his name is Sam. And... I'm not really doing a Minuteman run. I'm not really doing any faction specific. I'm just trying to create military bases and uh, let's do this. Let's do this right now. Kill you with a hatchet. Okay. <laughs> there um, you go. <laughs> that was pretty epic. A uh, uh, final blow to a death claw with a with a bladed bat, and there's Preston on the ground again. Yeah, he got up. So anyway, um, I haven't ventured out very far. I've gotten to... So, if you guys know where Walden Pond is, mm -hmm. there is a gunner outpost that is a little further south. Kind of where the river... Um, ooh, I'll show you on my map for those of you watching the live stream. There is a outpost... Let me see if I can... There's a gunner outpost right around here, right around this highway and this intersection, because I think this is Walden Pond right here, this tiny little pond with an island in it, just a little south of Drumlin Diner. Right. They tear me apart so quickly uh, with my character. And, ah, shoot. And, uh, <laughs> and so I've been trying to sneak down to where the river kind of makes a horseshoe shape. A little bit north of Oberlin Station. I'm trying to get to pretty much around Grey Garden. And then make my way down to Diamond City. And the thing that's fun about survival, it's not as hard as Frost. But if you focus on survivability and not so much damage, um, it is, it, it's, it's easy to die. You can't do a lot of damage. And it makes things a little bit scarier. And also, when I'm playing on... You know, when I'm not streaming, I have a ton more mods on there like true storms and a bunch of other stuff so it you know like there's like huge uh, thick fog and snowstorms and you can't see anything and i could die in an instant from like an attack dog 
Um, one of those gunners shot me once and I was dead. Like, that's how quickly they can kill me. Wow. And I'm level 10. And um, I'm not a bad Fallout player, but it, it's just difficult and it's fun. But it's not as uh, unforgiving as, as Frost is. And I tried a couple winter mods because Frost, if you have it installed but not activated, it still puts a layer of snow everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I found that it can cause problems, for instance, in, um, oh, where was it? Olivia, the uh, Olivia Air Base, there were weird glitches to where walls would be solid, but you could walk through them, or doorways would be solid, but you could walk through them. Uh, so I uninstalled that because that was just breaking for me. Um, but I still like having snow everywhere because it felt like you were trying to survive in this winter wasteland and um, it just had this weird air, you know, this aura about it, you know, the Commonwealth mm-hmm. being covered in snow. So I found the Four Seasons mod and installed the winter version of that. And that's... The Four Seasons. I also like Motown. Very, okay, very good choice. <laughs> Not the Four Seasons. I'm sorry. The Seasons Project. Um, I forget who makes it. It's it's uh, on Nexus. But the same thing there happened. There were like solid walls that weren't actually there, and it really caused frame rate issues when playing on Ultra. And let's face it, I'm too much of a um, I'm too vain to play on anything less than Ultra for the most part. So that was frustrating, and I took that off. And there's still snowstorms, but dirt on the ground and Looks like I'm about to get a radiation storm actually now. Um, so yeah, it, it's still modded. My game's still modded out to to the wazoo. And it, at this point in time, I have a hunting rifle that's a 308 caliber that has a couple of mods on it. Not not an upgrade to receiver at all. Uh, focusing on some sneak stuff and trying to make my way down to Diamond City to make contact. Sooner or later, I'm going to install a mod that allows me to have a motorcycle that I can fast travel with. Nice. Yeah, so it's still fast traveling and hours still go by, but I'm not walking everywhere. So this radiation storm looks really cool with like the green snow. Like Yeah. It's very cool. The fallouty green glowy I, snow. I can't remember if this is true storms or vivid wasteland. It, it I thought I turned off true storms, so I think it might be just vivid weather. Um mm-hmm. I hear shoosting going on, and I don't know, and Molotov's breaking, but I do not know where that's coming from. Yeah, the vivid, the vivid weather and true storms are two of the best mods that you can get um, if you can hand if your graphics can handle it, because it just makes the game look and feel so good. Right. I enjoy that. It, it does look pretty fabulous. I really enjoyed that cool red storm. Yeah, I think that's because I was going towards the glowing sea. Let's go mm-hmm. back and see if that's the case. So anyway, that was pretty much my gameplay. I'm still working on my survival thing. However, that's completely interrupted because Battlefield 1 is in my uh, <laughs> library. And that's all I'm going to be doing forever. Sorion asks, how many mods does Rick run with? And I'm pretty sure the answer is all of them. Um, Let's see. I'll pause real quick and pull up my Nexus. I've got... Um, at, at at the most, I have thirty seven mods installed. Um, this is funny. They were uh, Warax was guessing ten to fifteen, <sighs> and Captain Bone says probably fifty. <laughs> thirty seven. 
Um, actually, if anyone's interested, I'll, I'll label them. If they want me to, I can I can list them off. Sure. So if anyone's interested, I won't do it unless unless someone suggested. But anyway, yeah, thirty-seven. So anyway, that was my gameplay this week. Ah, Raider. What'd you do this week? Well, I'm still playing Fallout Shelter. Lots of Fallout Shelter. And I had a funny thing happen um, day before yesterday, I think it was. I uh, woke up and I was putting on my... Uh, oh, well, before we do that, before we do that, Warax says he would like for you to, to list your mods. Sure. Let me just pause real quick and flip out to Nexus mod. All right. So the mods that I have installed... Um, Armorsmith Extended, and also Wasteland Operator, which is a bunch of different armor pieces. The Wasteland Sniper mod, which is by Hoth Trooper 44 I also have Digital Nightmare Music Overhaul mod. I have Reverb and Ambiance Overhaul. Toby's Realistic Weapon Sounds, which is awesome. The, click, the Clickerfied Ghouls, which is the Last of Us Clicker Sounds for all the ghouls, which is terrifying. So I would suggest doing that. Uh, Travis Be Gone, which removes Travis from the radio. Um, I should probably turn that off because that was when I was doing Frost. Obviously, the unofficial Fallout 4 patch, which is kind of in kind of a need. Uh, Crows and Creatures Collection was just is just an overhaul of the Creatures of the Wasteland, Creepy Monsters of the Wasteland, which is another creature overhaul of all the monsters for the most part. True Storms, Vivid Weathers, Vivid Fallout, which is a landscape overhaul. We are back up. I don't know where I stopped off at, but um, but yeah. So I'll I'll just pick up. Um, I think I probably dropped off at environment. So I have true storms, vivid weather's, vivid fallout landscapes, enhanced interiors, which darkens certain things and that sort of thing. Armor and weapons, armor and weapons keyword community resource, which is a need for a lot of weapons and armor mods. Uh, the AWKCR compatibility patch, which is some patch for something I probably grabbed. Enhanced blood textures, which for me is a must. No essential NPCs, which is another must. Uh, Frost is not installed, but I do have that downloaded. And settlements expanded. I have wearable backpacks and pouches, which is clothing mods. Full dialogue interface, which is a must for anyone out there. Um, the Fallout 4 Enhanced Color Correction, which just kind of changes the way things look. And for weapons, I have Extended Weapon Mods, the M14 Standalone, the AK-2047, which is kind of pointless now that they introduced that, uh, uh, 762 rifle in Nuka World, and the 223 Pistol, aka That Gun, mod. Those are all my mods. Very good, very good. So, yeah. Anyway... Back to the gameplay. All right. Well, I was I, I woke up and I booted up Fallout Shelter, and I was on this quest, and I go into this building, and there's raiders, and the raider gives me a math quiz. What? Impromptu math quiz. Uh, she was asking me, like, um, which one of these is not a prime number, and what's the square root of 348, and it was really funny. I just cracked up. Um, it was the most random thing, and I thought this is so weird and silly, and I love it. Um, yeah, so I just I really enjoyed that. Continuing to love Fallout Shelter, very good. And I played some Fallout Four as well. I picked up my Forrest Gump PC character for a couple of hours this week. Um, 
it was good to get back to that. I hadn't actually played him since the last time I streamed him, and that's been a long time. I installed a bunch more mods, um, and I was feeling pretty proud of myself uh, because I was installing them through Nexus. Nice. I installed the achievement mod um, so that I can get achievements while having mods um, active. So, And I did test that out, and it does work. So I, I have popped an achievement on a modded game, and I felt like... I don't know, like super hacker. <laughs> I felt so proud of myself. And um, I installed a couple of quest mods. I haven't tried them yet. Um, I installed a mod to let me have dog meat and a human companion at the same time. And I love that mod. I love it so much. <laughs> That's awesome. It felt so good to travel around with Dogmi and one of my human friends, and I feel like it was kind of a mistake for Bethesda to change that because I know that was something that they had um, they had possible, you know, um, and then they changed it before the game came out. So I really feel like they should have they should have left it where you could have Dogmi and another companion. It just felt right, you know, having the. Right. Have dogs ranging ahead and, and walking together with Piper. It was very cool. Um, Jen is asking, did Forrest kill Swan Melee? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Swan had lost his will to live. Uh, I was throwing Molotov cocktails at Swan. Uh, <laughs> and and Swan, like, uh, okay, okay. But here's the thing. Forrest can use explosives. That's been part of Forrest since the first one that I ever made. And so I was throwing some Molotovs. And Swan, like, sat down in the pond, like, on his knee. And just stayed there while I beat him to death with my fist. <laughs> he quit fighting back. It was incredible. It was the craziest glitch. That's amazing. So Technically, I killed Swan with melee, but he kind of gave up. So <laughs> there you go. If anybody wants to see that, it's in uh, I think the second of my uh, of my Fallout 4 Let's Plays on the YouTube channel. Oh, you got that on a Let's Play? Yeah. Um, so I've actually done a lot of my Forrest Gump playthrough on Let's Play. Um, so anyway, that was that. And, um, but I was, I was playing, I decided to continue my quest for Ballistic Weave, because Forrest really needs Ballistic Weave, really, really needs it, because I'm still not using Power Armor, I just, I, I don't think about it, and I don't like it, so, I need Ballistic Weave, so I was traveling the Freedom Trail to track down the railroad, and me and Piper were going, on the way, I dropped in at the old corner bookstore, and one of the mods that I had installed added a quest-giving NPC to the building, and it scared me half to death, Rick, because I opened the door to old corner bookstore and heard a voice, <laughs> and I was so I freaked me out. I had forgotten that I had installed this. Uh, I think it was probably the Tales from the Commonwealth mod, because that adds a ton of, of NPCs and stuff. And oh, really? this lady's just in there talking to herself, and I was like, what? She sounds There's lovely. not supposed to be anyone in here. <laughs> uh, but she was cool. Um, the uh, 
it was well done, I thought. You know, it was um, pretty well done. She kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Veronica from New Vegas, the NPC. She was, like, looking at these uh, papers, and she wanted to find some more papers, and, and that was my quest. I haven't finished that quest yet, but that was that was a cool encounter. And I've also noticed that I've got a bit of a, a glitch here. I've got purple splotches all over the environment. Whoa. And I... I wasn't sure if it was from some of the mods I have or what, but it's very odd. And I was starting to feel like the psycho had finally gotten to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just these random purple splotches everywhere. Just like purple paint splatters in this graveyard. Big purple paint splatter on this tree. Big purple paint. It was so weird. And uh, later in the Facebook group a few days ago, somebody posted about um, their NPCs all had purple hair. Yeah, I remember seeing that. So I think that has to be related. I think it must be some kind of like broken textures or something. That's weird. Um, folks in chat are asking about Tales from the Commonwealth. And it is a, uh, a quest mod. It adds some NPCs, some companions, and some quests, and it is available for Xbox One. Awesome. What kind of quests? Um, I haven't really played any of them yet. This one was just a fetch quest. <sighs> haven't so. played any of them. No, well, I haven't. Run away. Run away. Woo! But um, I finally did get to the railroad, and I failed a whole bunch of speech checks in there. I always fail the speech checks, and it's so frustrating because I had made Forrest to be a sort of, like, uh, lucky, you know, guy with high charisma, um, although he is stupid, and right. I fail all the speech checks. It's so frustrating. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I did meet the railroad and got the tradecraft quest, so I'll have to do that pretty soon so I can get myself some ballistic weave. And well, that was fun. It's uh, it was funny because that's one of the first things that I've done. And uh, it, uh, as this Forrest Gump character, I haven't done a ton. I haven't accomplished that much. I'm still like level level 12 or something. I don't know. Low level. And it was funny hearing Deacon stand up for me when I didn't have all these accomplishments to my name. You know? <laughs> The first time that I, I played through and met the railroad, Deacon was like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, she did this and she did this and she did this. You know, we totally want to have her on our team. But this time Deacon was like, no, she's uh, really cool. Uh, we, we totally want her. <laughs> With no, nothing to back it up. And Desdemona's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it was so funny. Are you sketchy? Because you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But I really had a good time playing Forrest Gump. My mom came in the room to sit and watch, uh, which is something we used to do a lot. Um, so I just kind of walked across the wasteland doing Preston Garvey missions for a while, just visiting with my mom. And it was so nice. Um, and I found this raider situation under Walden Pond that I don't remember finding before. I found this note on the door where the one raider was telling the other one... Um, you idiot, you know, the door is locked. You need to use the, the sewer to get in. Yeah. 
So I found the sewer drainage pipe, and I was sneaking up on them, and one of the guys makes a Thoreau pun. Because oh. they're at Walden Pond. And and it was fantastic. And they were talking about, like, regretting what they've had to do. And, and um, we were listening to them. And my mom was like, oh, don't kill them, Shaleen. Like, leave them alone. <laughs> this is their house. Leave them alone. <laughs> so I snuck back out of the dream pipe. Oh. And we had this big conversation about how are we any better than the Raiders because we were just walking into their safe house in the middle of their pun and and take the kill them and take their stuff. I'm not following this pun though. Um, you know Thoreau, the writer. Nope. Walden Pond. No. Um, I'll just didn't Thoreau, didn't Thoreau write Walden Pond on Walden Pond? I don't know. I think he did. I believe you over my brain. Well, anyways, Thoreau was was an author. So they made and a Thoreau pond. I believe he wrote on Walden Pond. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, he he made this pun like uh, it was very Thoreau instead of Thoreau. <laughs> it was great. It sounds like something I would like. Yeah. But um, we had this big discussion about how, like, um, we would just walk into their house while they're cracking jokes and uh, kill them and take their stuff. <laughs> and that's horrible. But, I mean, but they're shh, raiders. Yeah, yeah. What does it matter? They're raiders. But they, they weren't raiding us. They weren't raiding us. They were sitting in their house. That's true. Eating sugar bombs, making jokes. <sighs> You are more kinder than I am. So we snuck back out and left them alone. Well, technically your mom's kinder than both of us, because you would have offed all of them. I totally would have, yeah. I totally would have, because video games, you have to kill them and take their things. Right. (laughs) They can't... That's how video games work. Right, but they can't kill us and take our things. That's not... That is unacceptable. But instead, I ended up having, having an ethical conversation with my mom. It was a good time. <laughs> and that was that was my Fallout 4 gameplay for the week. Oh, nice. Sounds yeah. like we both had a good, grand old time in the wasteland. Indeed. I love... Do you want to go on... Go what? ahead. No, what's up? I was just saying, do you want to go into our lore? Uh, yeah, I was actually going to say, this place... You should see this place um, on my uh, Minuteman character. It's pretty freaking rad. Mm. It is. I have uh, artillery. Like, all of this is uh, floored off. And I've got, like, artillery batteries and generators and walls. And it's pretty freaking rad. It sounds cool. It's pretty rad. You'll definitely have to show us sometime. I'm sure I will. So do you want to talk lore now? Let's talk our lore. We're talking the companions of Fallout 4. This week we've got Curie, McCready, Kate, and Strong. And we are going to start out with Curie. Curie, the contagion... I'm sorry. Sometimes (laughs) I just can't pronounce English words. Contagion's vulnerability robotic infirmary engineer. Curie begins her life as a Miss Nanny robotic scientist with modified programming. She was meant to be a lab assistant in Vault 81's experiment. 
and also to collate the knowledge gathered by the vault scientists. Uh, the vault background is important to Curie's story, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and go into the background of Vault 81 a bit. Dr. Olivet, the first of Vault 81's overseers, was suspicious of Vault Tech's intentions and the ethics in terms of the secret experiment. And of course, the secret experiment of this one was to uh, to develop a cure, a uh, sort of cure-all for all of the uh, all of the diseases that can afflict humanity. And they were going to do this by infecting the, the vault population with all the diseases that can affect humanity. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Forgot about that. Yes. And Olivet learned the true extent of Vault-Tec's perfidy and learned that Vault-Tec was in bed with the government. So she knew that there would be no one that could help her protect, you know, the, the residents of her vault. Determined to protect the unknowing population, she sabotaged the call list so that the scientific staff wouldn't know to report in on the day that, um, that the Great War happened. Three of those scientists showed up anyway. Collins... Flint and Burrow. The three scientists worked in the hidden area of the vault, sending all of their data and plans to Olivet for approval. When they were ready for human testing, Olivet disabled the disease delivery system to protect her population from infection. She sealed off all the entrances to the secret vault area, leaving the scientists to die alone. She kept the vault secrets sealed away from the general population. The scientists continued their work in isolation using mole rats. Dr. Collins modified the Miss Nanny lab assistant into Curie. They gave Curie freedom and curiosity, loaded her up with the work of great scientists like Einstein, Darwin, Curie, Turing, etc. Her personality was modified to make her more human-like and she was given a French accent based on a woman Collins dated while living in Paris. Collins insisted the others treat Curie as an equal, even setting aside a terminal for her use. Her self-awareness and scientific acumen surprised the scientists as she developed. Eventually, Flint was killed by a mole rat named Clyde. Collins and Burrow died of old age. Curie cremated one according to his wishes and sealed the others in lockers, creating a sort of mausoleum. I forgot she did Curie all that. Yeah. I, uh, I felt like that was so touching that she had done that and she, she like put flowers and their glasses on it and it was really touching and I also felt like it was a wonder she didn't go a little nuts in there, you know? Yeah, that's true. I just figured it's because she's a robot, but she is self-aware, I suppose. Anyway, um... Curie continued to work on the experiment alone until in 2204, she developed the universal cure for all human ailments. She was unable to leave without permission of a Vault-Tec employee due to her programming. The arrival of the sole survivor finally enables her to leave. Curie gives the player her last unexpired sample of the cure and asks to travel together, seeking out new scientific opportunities. Curie likes kindness, diplomacy, helping robots. She approves of the Brotherhood of Steel as well as the railroad. She likes optimism and scientific acts, such as completing the experiment in Cambridge Polymer Labs. She doesn't like theft, 
violence, attacking neutral robots, destroying the railroad, or asking for more caps when you're accepting a quest. She gives stim packs to the player periodically. Eventually, Curie decides that her robot body lacks human creativity and inspiration that a great scientist requires, and she asks for the player's help to become human. With the help of Dr. Amari at the Memory Den, she can be transferred into a synth body. You can't reach maximum affinity with Curie without doing this. But after you do, Curie is a possible romantic interest for the player, and you receive the Combat Medic perk, which heals you for 100 hit points when following when falling below 10% health once a day. I think I talked about how much I do not like trying to romanticize Curie because it just feels creepy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're all dead. Because um, she's so innocent, you know? I'm trying to think yeah. where there's another store around. I, uh, Curie's very, very much an innocent when she becomes a synth. You know, she's got a lot of new experiences. She's, she's, you know, totally new to, uh, to a lot of different feelings and things. And yes, I understand why you would see that as definitely being a little bit creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really like Curie. I, I think she's adorable. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I would feel weird. I think also doing the the Curie romance. Yeah, it's because um, yeah. I mean, it's because it's very much like it was, you know, like when you were in high school, or, mm-hmm. or at least like you know, get, like I don't know. It just feels like you can get away with like BSing your way through a relationship more in high school, and nobody knows any different. And then when I was in I college, I worked with this guy. And he was also in college. He was like 26. And he dated freshman girls. Hmm. And there was definitely an element of this there, of creepiness with it. And like the tech, it was all, it was all legal. You know, it was all above board legal. Yeah. But it did feel a bit, uh, a bit like he was using them, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and like, I remember when, uh, Everyone was, uh, you know, like, you gotta find Curie, you gotta find Curie, and, like, you know, as far as, like, her, her, you know, character, her, her synth body was concerned, it was like, you know, you could use it as a romantic option or whatever, but it just never felt, it just felt like I had to protect her, like a, like a little sister. That's what it felt like to me. I was, like, protecting my little sister. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's why I think Kate, I don't know fit a little bit more so rick i've got to share some of the chat room comments with you because i know you can't see the chat room because you're playing the game i cannot so from from michelle he says she's just a software rick <laughs> and zarok says some of us like creepy rick hmm. i'm not staying and- near anywhere near you but as far as the software comments concerned you know i can't wait to see when we get self-aware synth ai and you're standing on that sir Synths are people, too. And Joseph Tao says, yet Shaleen loves dance, who is a synth. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> but it's different. It's different it's with different. dance. It's different. And, and uh, then uh, Leonard says, yes, but dance is hot. True story. 
Dance is also been around. Yeah, Dance is definitely a more experienced guy than Kiri is. Yeah. And Kiri, she's very sweet and very adorable. And I, I almost kind of wish you could keep her as the Miss Nanny. I wish there was a branch where you could convince her that she's fine just like he is, like she is, you know? Yeah. It's just... I don't know. I, I, I couldn't... I mean... Yeah, she's she's awesome. I feel like I need to protect her from the wastes. You go stay it, in the citadel or the the castle and don't leave. It totally breaks my heart seeing her little robot body tossed in the corner of the memory den. <laughs> totally breaks my heart. I don't know if I go that far. But I am a fan of Curie. She's she's very funny. Mm-hmm. She's very funny, but she's unintentionally funny. So, right, it's the innocence, you know. <laughs> You know, that's sort of thing. Ah, shoot. Run. Let's talk about my Wasteland best friend, BFF, Robert Joseph McCready. Let's talk about McCready. Good old RG McCready is my favorite companion to pal around with in Fallout 4. I love him. He's the best. And McCready, he is the only companion who appeared in a previous Fallout game. In 2274, a 10-year-old McCready became the mayor of Little Lamplight. And for those of you out here, out there who have not played Fallout 3, Little Lamplight is an underground habitation consisting entirely of children. At age 16, you have to leave. Right. Are you... what? Um, yes. You okay? No, I just... Yep. I was just getting a drink because oh. I <laughs> Sorry. I can't I can talk anymore without getting a drink. <laughs> I couldn't see, so I didn't know what happened. What do you mean? I just yeah, I I needed Stop. I yeah. needed a drink. McCready's always been your favorite. I think I think you secretly like him more than Dance. Uh yeah, I kinda do. Kinda do. Um Yeah. I actually um I struck out with McCready. <laughs> Actually, I struck out with McCready because I didn't have my my speech skill up high enough. And uh, but then by the time that I had a high enough speech skill to probably succeed, it would have just felt weird because we were friends by then. He was your big brother. Yeah, we were pals. And McCready, he became the mayor after the five minute reign of Princess. I just got Prince. Princess insisted that the title mayor be changed to princess. And McCready then punched her in the nose, saying they needed a leader, not a princess. He was immediately elected. The other children respected his intelligence, toughness, and aggression. Even at 10, McCready was fearless in the face of adults. This rifle-wielding, foul-mouthed child was the bane of many a lone wanderer's existence. The little bastard. (laughs) He was. I think we all hated McCready in Fallout 3. Hated him very much. Yeah. Very, very much. <laughs> I want to find my dad. Well, I don't even have one, so no. <laughs> Stupid mungos. <laughs> mayor McDonough is always and his term as mayor for effing life, uh, which is a quote, ended when McCready turned 16 and had to leave his cavern home. He wandered the capital wasteland, taking odd jobs for a time, eventually becoming a mercenary. There wasn't much work, and he didn't want to run afoul of the Lion's Brotherhood of Steel, so he traveled north for work. He met a woman named Lucy and fell in love. 
McCready lied to Lucy, telling her that he was a soldier. She never did find out that he was actually a hired gun. Oh, apparently I was wrong. Uh, the chat room saying that they liked McCready in Fallout 3. <laughs> so maybe oh. it was just me. I didn't like him either. I hated that kid's guts. Yeah, couldn't kill him either. Mm-mm. But McCready and Lucy were married, and Lucy gave birth to a son, Duncan. Their happiness wasn't fated to last, however. They were set upon by feral ghouls, and Lucy was killed, while RJ fled with Duncan. McCready loves his son very much, and made a promise to Duncan that he would try to be a better man, including cleaning up his language. Oh, and I think right. that's really funny, because he'll, he'll catch himself in the middle of a swear and try to change it. I didn't realize that's why he was doing that. Yeah, he talks about it in the big speech when he's when he's talking about the uh, you know his son and his son's illness, etc. I did not realize that. That makes sense now. I'm I see. I I just I've seen I've heard all these dialogue, you know, mm -hmm. pieces, but never. I just forget them. And thinking back to Fallout Three, I think McCready probably dropped more f bombs than any other character in that game. I wonder if it was a kid who did his VO. It sure was. That's I'm hilarious. pretty sure it was. It sounds like if it wasn't, then that uh, voice actor was outstanding. Well, I mean, you think of Bart Simpson wasn't a, hmm. you know, wasn't a kid. Yeah. And if it wasn't, that was an outstanding voice actor because it sounds like Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, Duncan fell ill with a mysterious disease, and McCready traveled to the MedTech research facility in the Commonwealth to attempt to get the cure. But he was nearly killed by ferals. McCready joined the Gunners, and soon came to regret it. He left their employment, but continued to work as a mercenary in their territory, causing friction. The sole survivor can find McCready in the VIP area at the Third Rail in Good Neighbor, arguing with some Gunners. You can hire him for 250 caps, and he comes to trust you. You can help the sharpshooter resolve his trouble with the gunners and find the cure to save his son. McCready is sarcastic and selfish, and he likes it when the sole survivor exemplifies these same characteristics. Except in the case of families and children. Then he's a total softie. <laughs> he likes theft. Um, I lost my place. He likes theft, asking for more caps, and being a jerk. He also likes the Minutemen, however, which is, is kind of strange. He doesn't like it when you act like a hero. He hates the Brotherhood of Steel and the Railroad. He doesn't like drug addiction or getting caught committing crimes. Although he's violent and rude, he does have his own morality. He doesn't like helping Pikmin, for example, or Lorenzo Cabot. When you reach maximum affinity with McCready, he gives you the kill shot perk, which boosts headshot chance in vats by 20%. I really miss I really miss the uh, the glitched McCready perk. It was so good. <laughs> Everything was like every headshot was like ninety five percent. Was it ninety five? Ninety five. Oh my gosh. Yeah, all the headshots all the time. I didn't realize that. Captain Bone says his backstory is so touching. Another reason why I like him. He's my character's best friend. We oh. go everywhere together. Awesome. I did not... Uh, th these characters are so robust in this one. They did a great job. Great job forming these characters. 
McCready is a romance option. Uh, I struck out with him. Better luck to you. He <laughs> randomly gives you ammo, possibly including fusion cores. He's got a lot of personality. Um, more ambient lines than a lot of the other companions. He references his childhood and things from Fallout 3 like Tunnel Snakes or Three Dog. And uh, he just he, he chats a lot all the time. And I find that really, really engaging. It's one of my favorite things about McCready. And also, he is a very stylish chap. I, I really like his outfit, his hat. <laughs> stylish. Aww. Well, it's true. He's he's quite a style, quite a stylish fellow. His little uh, bullets everywhere, bullets on his hat, bullets around his leg. Do you have any McCready commentary to share with us? Um. He was the one that I felt like was most useful as far mm-hmm. as, like, killing things. Um, he didn't get downed a lot, except the one time in the Glowing Sea. I thought it was really funny that I had fallen... Th- I had jumped through the roof of a church, and uh, I'm fighting my way to get to get Kate, and I, I failed at it. But I fell through a roof of a church, and there was, like, just... We were on set by, like, 15 feral ghouls coming from every which way, and, and I eventually killed them all with a, with his help but I couldn't find him anywhere and I was like where the frick is McCready I know he's around here someplace and I eventually found him on the ground like huffing and puffing because he was downed mm-hmm. um, but uh, he was l- like he, he was downed in such a way uh, that he looked like he was sitting up against a pew oh wow <laughs> like it was just pretty cool looking um, but you know healed him up and we went on our way but yeah I, I felt like he was very useful yeah, I think he is. I think he's a lot of help, especially for my play style, because I tend to wade into the middle of the enemies, you know. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of helpful, you know, hanging back, you know, sharpshooting. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of tend, even when I'm playing with guns, I, I'm I'm not the sneaky sniper. You know, I just walk in with my gun and stand there. But I, I love McCready. He's he's also my character's best friend, and uh, yeah, I feel like good, I feel like good times. Useful. You want to talk about Kate? Yeah, that's actually what I'm trying to get now. At the end of the show, mostly. <laughs> Let's talk about Kate. Kate was born to Irish parents in 2261. Her parents were verbally and physically abusive. The poor girl's childhood was an interminable misery. Sounds Irish. She tried to run away, but was brought back and locked in an outdoor shed. The second time she ran away, Kate's parents broke one of her legs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy crap. Kate found some small comfort in knowing that her parents must love her a bit. After all, they hadn't thrown her out to die, right? Wrong. When Kate turned 18, her parents slapped an explosive collar on her neck and sold her into slavery. They showed no hesitation or regret and Kate's already tattered feelings were destroyed. Kate spent the next five years living in slavery. She won't talk about what happened to her during that time, saying only that she was used for entertainment, but it left her permanently damaged. Her confidence and trust in people were were destroyed. It made her a cruel, hard person. Kate is tough, and she survived. She learned from watching her captors uh, their many tricks and crimes, and began to steal small amounts of caps from the sleeping slavers. Eventually, she saved enough to buy her own freedom. 
The first thing that she did was go home. This was no touching family reunion, however. Kate had bloody vengeance on her mind. She brutally slaughtered her parents. This didn't make her feel any better. It didn't provide the closure that she wanted. So she began abusing alcohol and chems to try and fill the empty spaces within herself, to try and forget the horrors of her past. She needed money to fund her vices, and Kate joined the combat zone as a gladiator. She found that the fights didn't just provide caps. They provided an outlet for her hate and pent-up rage. Kate was an unbeatable fighter, and she persevered in a hundred fights over three years, the final two under a raider-controlled combat zone. She had a relationship with a raider named Stratton, but when she wanted to stop sleeping with him, he dumped her to be beaten nearly to death by other raiders. Believing that she couldn't trust anyone, she bought friends to keep from being, probably literally, stabbed in the back. The sole survivor can find Kate here at the combat zone, and after killing the raiders and destroying owner Tommy Lonigan's livelihood, he will offer you Kate's contract. Now, I really like Tommy Lonigan because he looks like Jack Palance. (laughs) Right? He's a ghoul, so I feel bad for Jack. It's uncanny how much he looks like Jack Palance. Mm. Um, do you, do you know you know who Jack Palance is, right? I think I do. I'm pretty sure. Still. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, it's uncanny. It really is. Um. Kate likes public nudity, violence, selfish acts, lockpicking use of drugs and alcohol, she hates helping people, all of the factions, and showing kindness. When you earn Kate's trust, she will reveal that she is badly addicted to Psycho, so much so that doctors and addictol are no longer useful to her. You can accompany Kate to Vault 95 to help her use a special machine there to cure her addiction. After getting her clean, Kate hates it when the sole survivor uses Kim's. She calls me a hypocrite. Acting, is that my, is that your idea of a joke? Kate's affinity gives you the trigger rush perk, which increases AP regeneration when the character's health falls below 25%. Kate is romanceable, and she can pick locks for you, even locks that are above your own abilities. And I know you've used Kate a lot. I believe she was your romance option the first time you played. Yeah, when you're describing her likes and dislikes, I was like, eh, no wonder I fell in love with her. <laughs> but yeah, That's... I did. Um, she was the person that I felt like uh, was the most effective in combat. Besides, besides me, of course. <laughs> Kate really is a great fighter. I, I enjoy traveling with Kate. I accidentally just shot her in the head about five seconds ago. Oh, goodness. That's not a good way to start out a relationship. She's fine. Hey, look at your soundboard. It's all fixed. It is. It is. Yeah, I enjoy traveling with Kate. She's a a mean machine with that shotgun. It's quite good. She is. Uh, And I think... I think we're clear. We are. We don't want any trouble. Oh, she's in there. Not anymore, at least. Oh, just peek your head up, you damn coward. What the heck with that? Is it over? There's Jack for you. Well, uh-huh. Worse. All right, let me let me uh 
Let me look up who this Jack Palance is, just to see if it's the guy I'm thinking of and okay. see. You're absolutely going to see it after you, after you look it up. You're absolutely going to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Not the guy I thought of, but yeah, you're right. It is a bit uncanny. <laughs> they had to have Jack Palance in mind when they designed that character. There's no way it was that close just coincidentally. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, denial of convenience, where it's like, no, 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 we didn't. Uh... Of course not, Wink. So, yeah. let's see if I can get... Uh... You're picking up Kate. Let's see if I can do it. Let's try to get the... Why would you want her to go with me? Darn it, failed that attempt. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. I could use someone watching. Good. So just wait a second. You don't need it. You ain't, you're a real, you ah, skip dialogue. Skip, skip. So yeah, we've totally stopped doing the podcast. Okay. We're just yeah, we watching. Did. I was just trying to. <laughs> Ready. All right. Send anyway. Preston Garvey to Sanctuary. There we go. Kate's on my side now. All right. There you go. So. Oh, no. Rick. <laughs> He's fine. For our audio folks, he just shot Preston in the back of the head. He shook it off. Did you see uh, him literally shake his head and keep walking? He's good grief. Fine. It looked like he'd, he'd, he'd been through this before with you. <laughs> he was like, again, Rick? I'm sure, again? A stray, I'm sure it was probably a stray bullet or five. <laughs> He's fine. What the? <laughs> Kate just did a flying leap. Um... Make sure they're dead right there. Dead. This that pistol. This is this uh this is the that pistol. Oh, okay. That gun. That gun. And it's uh yeah. amazing. It is such an amazing weapon. <laughs> such an amazing weapon. Well while you are doing that, um shall we go ahead and talk about strong? I wanna say one other thing that kinda of scares me. You had mentioned that Kate pretty much likes everything terrible that you can do. Yet, mm -hmm. yet I got affinity with her pretty quick, <laughs> and I thought I was being a good guy. I'm really yeah. questioning my uh, good guyness now. So thanks a lot. Well, if it's any comfort, I also got her affinity pretty fast uh, through my chem use. Uh, of course you would. Mm -hmm. Of course you would. Yep, me and Kate were just sitting in the corner, shooting up Psycho. Man. Don't do drugs, kids. Drugs are bad. You were just enable. You were you're an you're an enabler. Uh huh. And then after we got her clean, I had to stop hanging out with her. <laughs> Man, you were an enabler. You were a pusher, and then you were just like, uh -huh. forget you, square. <laughs> Let's talk about Strong. Strong is a super mutant living at Trinity Tower. He looks pretty much the same as other super mutants in the game. Giant babies. According <laughs> to Jonah Lowe. Um, he's an intelligent super mutant, but not exceptionally so. Very good with different sorts of weapons, including melee, laser, ranged, and heavy weapons. Rex Goodman, acclaimed actor, came to Trinity Tower with hopes of bringing the mutants' culture through Shakespeare. He hoped to soothe their base natures and make them less violent. He began with reciting Macbeth, and only one mutant appreciated it, Strong. As a result, Strong and Goodman were locked up together in a room at the top of Trinity Tower. 
The mutants allowed Goodman to use the radio to call for help, luring humans to the tower to die. The sole survivor can find and rescue the duo here. Goodman will find his way home, and Strong can be recruited as a follower. By asking about... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I like the fact that Shakespeare, which isn't the most, like, not violent um, stuff ever, was meant to bring peace. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it sounds funny. It is a little funny. There we go. By asking about his fascination with Macbeth, you can find that Strong was not taken with the characters, story, themes, or language of the play. He heard the phrase milk of human kindness and believed it to be a literal consumable that he could find and drink. <laughs> For a long time, it had troubled hey. Strong that super mutants were so much bigger and stronger and better at fighting, yet they were outnumbered by humans who seemed to come out triumphant. He believed that this milk of human kindness must be the human secret to being superior. He believed that if he could find and drink said milk, super mutants could be stronger than humans. Hmm. I love this story. I just love it so much. This is going to be new to me because I have not actually heard what the milk of human kindness is. Um... Well, so continue prepare, on. prepare, prepare yourself. I am really, I've always wondered what the <laughs> frick it was. I just never bothered to, to do his, uh, I've never ever used him as a, as a, uh, man, I started to sound like Porky Pig here. Uh, I've never ever used him as a companion. So the thing that's really special about Strong among, uh, all of the super mutants in the series is that he's not really a friendly super mutant per se. He isn't as intelligent as a human, and he doesn't aspire to any more. He loves that he's a super mutant. He has the same likes and dislikes as his super mutant brothers. He wants to crush things and eat meat and win. And huh. he doesn't have a gentle side. He says he'd like someone to eat when he gets hungry. Hmm. The contrast with your other allied mutants in the series, like Fox, Marcus, and God slash Dog, is pronounced... <laughs> One of the most interesting interactions Strong has is with Virgil, the super mutant scientist in the Glowing Sea. Virgil has kept his human intellect and persona and deplores of his new mutant body. The sole survivor can bring him a cure from the Institute. Strong hates this and cannot believe that Virgil would rather be a weakling human than a powerful, obviously superior super mutant. Hmm. Strong likes theft, cannibalism, aggression, cruelty, intimidation. He hates pretty much everything else, including vertebrates, helping people, power armor, picking locks, and hacking terminals, etc. It can be very hard to get his perk without using cannibalism. Staying outside and fighting creatures without picking locks is the best strategy. Strangely, he likes the Minutemen settlement helping quests. There is no affinity quest for Strong, like many of the other companions have, which makes me sad. Uh, the non-quest companions are definitely less interesting than the ones that you have an affinity quest for. Um, X688 is another one that doesn't have a quest. And I wish they had included a quest where you can find him the milk of human kindness. Oh. Because there's not one. Wow. There's there's not one. They set up this whole thing and he's always talking about finding the milk of human kindness. But 
there is no such milk. You can't find the milk or help him, like, you can't give him some chems and tell him they're the milk or just find some milk and let him feel like he's found the milk. Really? Yeah, there's there's no no character arc That's here. So lame. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I thought for sure that you just I Oh. I feel really brokenhearted. Isn't that a bummer? Man, I wish I would never have known. I thought it was really a bummer. Man. I'm mm -hmm. just going to keep believing that there is and we just haven't found it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the milk is like a hidden hidden Easter egg. Yeah. No one's found yet. Let's let's pretend that. I like that. Yeah, we're going to go with that. What is this? <laughs> Oh, frick. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Time to go. Time That's to go. That's funny. At full affinity, strong grants you the berserk perk. A 20% melee damage bonus if your hit points are lower than 25%. I'm noticing a theme. All of the ones that we've talked about today give you their perk when your health is low. Huh. That's funny. Well, McCready's doesn't. Right. McCready's is anytime. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere. Strong is one of the hardiest companions with a very high carrying capacity. So he's pretty useful. But he can get a little uh, annoying. And uh, I don't know. I feel kind of nervous leaving him around my settlers. Really? I feel like one day I'm just going to come back to Sanctuary and like Strong will have, have eaten everyone. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's going to happen sometime. Have you and, ever, Sorry, have you ever seen random Minutemen just strung around? Oh, yeah. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. <gasps> that's an Assault Tron. That it is not sure what is. I thought it was. That is not at he all. He needs to impact. Okay, good job. I need to run away from the Assault Tron. Get the freak away. Okay, kill the gunner. Is this, uh, is this your Minuteman character? No, it's not. This is just a character I, I made specifically for Let's For play. streaming? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Warax is asking, can you equip him with the super mutant armor you can find? Yes, you can. You can equip Strong in a little cute aviator hat and uh, all kinds of different super mutant armor. Yeah, just give explode. it to him. Um... Yeah, I always wonder what you could do with all that power armor crap. Yeah, it's for strong. Oh, cool. I really like putting the little aviator hat on him. I think it's cute. Aww. Don't you mean the uh, sea captain hat? No, it's an aviator hat. With the goggles and the little flaps. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you can't put an aviator hat on, or a, a sea captain hat on him. That's why I was confused. Yeah, very nice. And that's really, I guess, all I have to say about Strong. That's all you've got to say about that. Exactly. Man, that was like a cross between Forrest Gump and Bill uh, Clinton. It was. It really was. That was like my Bill Clinton doing Forrest Gump. Oh, man, that was a strange, strange <laughs> voice. <laughs> Ugh, oh, let's man. not go back to that. Wow, that was uh, fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> you want to talk about the Tesla rifle? Yes, I do, while I run away from this. Our weapon of the week is the Tesla no, rifle. No, 
Oh. Oh, R.I.P. <laughs> Rick. Oh, Super Mutant Suicider. I hit. The, I shot it. I thought I was far enough away to survive. <laughs> I guess if the phrase "I think I'm far enough away from that nuclear blast" ever enters your mind, you're probably not far enough away. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think you're right. So anyway. Every time I would like you to know because you can't see the chat. I would like you to know that every time you die, Joseph Tao is posting the uh, the um, you died emote from uh, Dark Souls. I don't know what that is. Anyways, it's it's a little you died emote. It's quite funny. <laughs> okay, I believe you all. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Let's talk about the Tesla rifle, our weapon of the week. The Tesla Rifle is a unique weapon in Fallout 4's Automatron DLC. It appears to be made from a robot's arm-mounted weapon. It doesn't have a very long range, but it makes up for it with high damage. The weapon uses fusion cells and shoots an electrical discharge that arcs between multiple targets. Non-companion-friendly NPCs can get caught up in this damage chain if you aren't careful. There are a number of different barrel and sight mods available for the Tesla Rifle. And you can obtain it by killing Ivy, who is the raider boss of the Rust Devils, after rescuing Jezebel in the Fort Hagen hangar. Victims of the Tesla rifle are sometimes turned into a blue ash pile. Have you I ever like the Tesla ahead. rifle? I like it. I was gonna say, have you ever used it? I took it with me to Nuka World. Oh yeah, did you? Yeah. It was quite enjoyable. I have never actually used it myself. It's pretty fun. Gonna, pretty fun. I'm gonna battle with this stupid guy. Virtual yeah. is asking, isn't there a Tesla cannon in Fallout 3? Yes, there is. It is a uh, shoulder. You have to hold it on your shoulder. It's this giant thing. I've, we'll, have to, we'll have to have that as the weapon of the week sometime. I forgot about the Tesla rifle. Um, I forgot about that thing. It's uh, You find it in a crashed vertebrate, I believe. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. There we go. Um, it's part of uh, what was that? What was that DLC? That's right. I thought it was a yeah. DLC. The Brotherhood of Steel one, the one that that brings you uh, brings you back to life. Oh, Broken Steel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us at Fallout OTR uh, with yeah. your two Fallout experts. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That's okay. So Boy. maybe we'll do that for next week's Weapon Week, the Tesla, Tesla, cannon. Tesla Cannon. That thing was awesome. I forgot about that. You do hear something. You so that's all I have for a Tesla, Tesla rifle. Shall we read our email? We shall. Okay. <sighs> Um, we have only one email this week because it was a long one, um, but it was pretty good conversation, so I wanted to, to read the whole thing. Hi, Rick and Shalene. I just wanted to drop you an email congratulating you on your one-year anniversary. Sorry, it's kind of an older email. We're still playing catch-up. I discovered your show at the end of June and just finished catching up. You have been a great source of entertainment, and I particularly enjoy the episodes when you go completely off the rails. You're going to love this one. We never go off the rails. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have entered the world of video gaming fairly late in life. I'm 45. And Fallout 4 is the first of the series that I have played. Previous to purchasing my, purchasing my Xbox One, 
My gaming experiences were limited to lining up quarters on the screen at the arcade to be next in line for Tempest or Tron. Or using that. my square to battle other squares on my Atari 2600. Thanks to you guys and Microsoft's wonderful decision to support backwards compatibility with the Xbox One, I have started working my way back through Fallout's 3 and New Vegas. I know that I'm in the minority when I say this, but I disagree with your opinions on the voiced protagonist. This is perhaps due to the fact that I have played Fallout 4 before playing the others, but the voiced protagonist provides me with a more immersive gaming experience. Yes, it's a little off at times, and there are fewer, much fewer, dialogue choices in the two games, but it just feels more real. Of course, the dialogue system in the previous games gives you the illusion that things can go in many different directions. But in the end, things always end the same way, in Fallout 3 at least. I haven't finished New Vegas. I am on my fourth character in Fallout 4 and still haven't finished the game. Every time I get close, I get disillusioned because I feel that any decision I make will have negative repercussions for someone. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. You can't end this game without hurting someone. That's kind of Having the beauty of it. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Choice choice like that should have consequence and I'm glad that it does having said that and now getting to the original point question of my email my latest gameplay has involved a strategy of ignoring the Minutemen altogether I wanted to see where the game took me so I haven't been back to Sanctuary Hills since I first spoke to Codsworth and I haven't seen Preston Garvey since I saved his butt in Concord Great job shooting at the Deathclaw from 20 feet off the ground, putting yourself at no real risk, Garvey. <laughs> I have found that you can still get side quests from settlements as you encounter them, but you are in no way locked into constant settlement quests and building, which is nice. I have joined up with the Brotherhood because I wanted to follow a different quest line, and I'm doing everything I can to avoid shooting Knight Reese in his smug, annoying, and stupid pile. <laughs> I feel the same way, buddy. Yeah. I I hate him. One thing that I have noticed is that avoiding the constant Minuteman quest seems to have made the game a lot tougher. Even on normal difficulty, leveling up has become a slow, deliberate process, so enemies are a lot more difficult to dispatch. This has made the game much more entertaining for me. Have you noticed this as well? Once again, thank you very much for your show. It has provided me with hours of entertainment. Sincerely, Craig. Thank you, Craig, for this excellent email. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, so, do you want me to go first, or do you want to talk about it first? I want you to go first. I feel like he's on to something there. Whether or not it was purposeful... Oh, boy, there's a bunch of them up here. Whether or not it was on purpose or not, I do feel like it is more difficult to level up when you're not doing Minuteman stuff. So, the character... He's a redhead, as in a red skull. Yeah, I'll run. Um, oh, too far. That's not too bad. So, sorry, I was jumping off of a... Th I'm in Fallon's department store, for those of you just listening. I realized I'm not very descriptive as a podcast is concerned. I'm in Fallon's department store, and I'm running away from the Fallon's department store area where there's a red-skulled enemy, and I jumped off the ledge... And uh, I'm a, I thought I was going to die, but it turns out I was okay. Anyway, um, so on the survival build that I'm doing, I'm not doing all the Minuteman stuff. And it definitely does feel like I'm leveling, leveling up 
less. And it does feel like it's more difficult. Then again, I'm not used to playing that game on survival like I was on New Vegas. Uh, so I don't know if that's the difference or not. Um, it, it definitely is difficult. And plus, like I said, I'm not focusing everything on damage. Uh, so my enemies are not being dispatched as quickly as they would normally be. However, doing a Brotherhood of Steel engagement, uh, I did not notice a significant slowdown of uh, leveling in that playthrough. And that was also on survival. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ah! Mutant Hound. Interesting. So, yeah, that was my experience. I think, I think if you're not focused on a faction, I think that's when you'll notice something. Mm-hmm. When you're not focused on, like doing missions over and over and over and over again kind of thing. Yeah. I think I think you guys have the right of it there. I think if you're not doing the Radiant Quest as much, you definitely do level up much slower. And uh, Forrest Gump has been ignoring the Minutemen a bit. He hasn't really done any really any Radiant Quests. And uh, it has been a slow slow sort of slog to level up with him. Because I'm also in avoiding combat when it's possible to. Because I'm scared of everything. <laughs> and uh, I, I have noticed that it is slow to level up. But every every encounter that you do have does feel fraught, you know, when you're doing it a bit slowly. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think you guys have the right of it. Yep, I, th I, think, I think that's definitely the case. Um, if you want to level up quickly, Radiant Quests are your best friend. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you'd like to chat about for the podcast today? Uh, I don't have anything at all, actually. They're talking about perfectly preserved pie in the chat room. I think they were sad that you passed up the pie machine. because I couldn't get... Kate, get out of my way. Get out of my way, you dumb... Good job. Anyway. Sorry, she was in my way. Wow, mutant hounds are strong, guys. Mm-hmm. Perfectly preserved by. I can go back and try um, it one more time if you'd like. No, yeah, that's okay. Do you have any announcements <laughs> that you'd like to make today? <laughs> Other than the fact that I just threw a Molotov and it clipped and hit Kate's head up there in the yeah. air. No. I'm good. Okay. Uh, um, this is a lost cause. <gasps> Too far. <laughs> wow. Rick just leaped to his death. What a way to end the stream. Uh, what a way to end the stream, guys. There we go. Dead on the ground. Oh, wow. No, Fantastic. I don't have any announcements at all. Do you? Uh, I did want to shout out um, our our dear friend Vendertron, who has been streaming on Twitch really often. Um, if you enjoy, you know, Vendertron's commentary and uh, and what he brings to our, our chat room and our show, then you could check out his streams on uh, on Twitch. And he'll be doing Extra Life this year. So. That's awesome. Support Extra GG Life. Tron. If you don't know what Extra Life is, go learn, go support it. It's awesome. Do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Udite emotes from, from Joseph Dow. Crack me up. Like three times so far. <laughs> He's got a counter. What? Four times. <sighs> Whoa. How did... It's the Rick death count. Get off me. This is really funny. I have a dead arm stuck to me. Um, tap E. Oh, how'd I do yeah. that? You were carrying it, Rick. Um, I didn't, but I didn't press E at all. 
Well, you must have at some point. Don't, don't, don't talk back. Anyway, anyway, Rick, let's end the show. So we didn't have any other any other announcements, but you can tweet at us, and you should. We're, we're both pretty active on Twitter, and uh, we like to, to hear your stories on Twitter and see your cool screenshots. You can tweet us at Fallout uh, OTR. That's the show one. You can tweet at Rick, at Rick McVick, and me, at Shaleen L, S-H-A-L-I-N-E-L. And if you would prefer Facebook, then you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash falloutotr. And we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash falloutotr. I recommend joining the group for some great conversation about Fallout and video games. Email us. Uh, We love reading your emails. We are starting to run a little bit lower on emails, so... um, Get those coming uh, with your questions and, and things that you'd like us to read on the show. Falloutotr at gmail.com. Please like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Network. You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Leave us a review on iTunes. Those really help the show. If you like what we're doing, leave us a review. And we do a shout-out on the show if you leave us a five-star text review. This week, we would like to thank Virtual Soldier for his uh, five-star review orders. We record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash Network. That is where you can join our excellent zany chat room. We love our chat room. And you can also check out other great QGN shows. If you like Fallout Off the Record, you will like probably some of these other offerings. Elder Scrolls Off the Record... Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, QGD and Me, and Dancing with Daggers will be on later this evening. And uh, Ivarwin has been doing late night um, Elder Scrolls streams at like uh, one a.m. Eastern, something like that. Very late. Yes, thus the thus the title. Yeah, and and that's our show, guys. Awesome, great. Uh, one last thing: if you guys ever travel to Fallon's, make sure you find the uh, the very sad. Um, jewelry locker uh, lady. Uh, in the jewelry store, there is a vault that you can open, and it if you listen to the radio signal, it's pretty sad, but really I don't really think cool I've more. ever found that. Was that that room with all the safes? Yes. It's, 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 yeah, it's got a bunch of safes in it, and it's the, a ham radio, and she's broadcasting this really sad message, and it's uh, it's a really cool piece of lore. I don't think I've ever seen that. You can go check it out. You can pick it up. You can pick up the signal by activating a beacon. Um, you know, most of the time. So. Uh huh. Or you can just go there if you know it's already there. But. Yep. Interesting. That's everything. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, we'll see you next week with I think part nine of our unusual suspects and the last. The last one. Yes, indeed. Awesome. So who are we talking about tomorrow? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Who are we talking about next week? It will be Hancock and then all of the DLC ones. Ada. Uh, what's his name? The dude I don't like. Gage. Gage. And Longfellow. Awesome. Well, we can look forward to that next week and probably more deaths uh, from me. Mm-hmm. And, Keep uh, up yeah. the death counter, Joseph. That cracks me up. <laughs> Definitely. So... Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. Shuleen, what's your last word? So much walking. 
want to do more fighting.